Grant, O Lord, that thy word only may be spoken and thy word only may be received. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When I was a young boy, I can remember playing dress-up and pretend. My friends and I would dress up as soldiers and pretend to go to battle. We would dress up as cowboys and Indians and wage war on one another. Now watching my own boys grow up, they do very much the same thing. They dress up as firemen, policemen. They pretend to be brave and valiant knights setting out to save the land from dread and fierce dragons. They're drawn to, it seems natural to most all young boys, drawn to warriors, drawn to noble occupations. They are drawn to imitate that which is good and strong and brave, that which is noble. And dress is certainly a part of their image of what is good and noble and brave and valiant. My daughter does much the same thing, dressing as a princess or bride or some other virtuous character from her imagination in the pages of books she has read or had read to her. Thinking back to my youth, I also remember lessons from my mother and father in how to dress as a gentleman for things like church and other formal occasions. What is acceptable dress? What is unacceptable dress? And in my time, a young boy would wear a coat and tie, pressed trousers, and boat shoes. That was normal. At least it's what I understood to be. There was and still is an unwritten code to dress in a manner that puts forth that which is good and noble and of a lady or gentleman. There were other ways of clothing I learned as well as I grew up. Real men wore boots. They wore camouflage. They dressed in manly ways and did manly things. There was a certain image to be a man, to being a southern man especially. Whether on the battlefields of the gridiron or on the pitch or in the field or on the water, there was a manner of dress that exuded manliness. And now, after having spent my youth being, dreaming of being valiant and courageous and noble and brave after learning how to dress like a warrior for some occasions and after the manner of a gentleman for others, I stand before you today, brothers and sisters in Christ, wearing a dress. <laughs> I stand before you wearing the farthest thing from what most imagine as manly. One of the more difficult parts of becoming a priest, for me at least, probably maybe the most difficult part of living into being a priest, was learning to wear lace, learning to wear lacy vestments, and taking the mockery and the ribbing of my friends. You might not have ever thought about this, but it really does take untold amounts of bravery and courage to wear a black dress or vestments with lace on them in public in the state of Mississippi. It is not something that is natural to our culture. Now I know it's becoming more and more common for clergy to be casual. And it's not just clergy, it's everyone. 
common for clergy to wear golf shirts and pressed khakis during the week. And then during the liturgy, wear only the bare minimum, maybe just an album stole. Being comfortable is all the rage. Why in the world would anyone else be caught dead in public wearing pajama bottoms if it were not all the rage? Some wonder why I still wear the more traditional vestments, why I don't chill out, follow the lead of others, relax. Why each day I wear a clerical collar and a black suit. And I've thought a lot about it, especially during the month of August. <laughs> I thought an awful lot about it. And the simplest answer I can give is that just as a fireman's dress serves a specific purpose, just as a welder's thick leather sleeves and apron serve for protection, the traditional vesture of a clergy does much the same. The black suit, the cassock, symbolize dying to oneself and rising again to serve the Lord. It also gives a witness of the kingdom yet to come. The kingdom yet to come. It's a state of mourning for the sinful state of the world, while the white collar represents the vows and obedience I made to God and to His church. It reminds me who I am and to whom I belong. Now the vestments I stand before you in this morning also represent something larger than myself. They point to something larger than myself. They should point to Jesus. They do point to Jesus. They are also, believe it or not, the clothing of a warrior. A warrior in the spiritual battle between good and evil. This morning, St. Paul in his letter to Ephesus speaks of the battle. He writes, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we are not contending against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Paul goes on and puts in our minds an image that might be foreign to us unless we go to museums, look at historical pictures, or perhaps watch TV. He puts in our minds the image of a Roman soldier. Therefore, take the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the equipment of the gospel of peace. Besides all these, taking the shield of faith with which you can quench the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. the image of a Roman soldier. Now, when a priest dresses for the liturgy, there are certain historical or traditional prayers that that priest is supposed to say while prayerfully putting on each different vestment. And the prayers are taken, in large part, from St. Paul's writing this morning. When putting on the amice, this hood-like white vestment, the priest says, place, O Lord, the helmet of salvation upon my head to repel the assaults of the devil. When putting on the cincture or belt, gird me, O Lord, with the cincture of purity that the virtue of continence and chastity may remain. 
and the alb, the long white dress, symbolic of our baptism. Cleanse me, O Lord, and purify my heart that washed in the blood of the Lamb, I may obtain everlasting joy. Now, in promotion for our youth and adult Sunday school class, this, this year that starts after Labor Day, our new curriculum that starts after Labor Day, we will thoroughly go through all the priest's vestments and what they mean, the ideas behind them. So be sure to join us if you're interested in more. But overall, the vestments of the priest are modeled after the battle gear of the Roman soldier. The vestments are seen as a warrior's gear for spiritual battle against evil. The rich colors and the symbols on the vestments of a priest are meant to inspire and encourage not only the priest, but all the faithful in their own spiritual lives and battles. So the question Paul raises, the questions, the vestments I wear standing before you this morning are this. Are you prepared for the spiritual battle that is life? Are you prepared and vested for battle each and every day? Are you a soldier ready to battle for God against the forces of wickedness and evil where it is a battle? But before we go too much farther, I think it's important to step back a bit from some of the imagery I presented this morning and think about what a spiritual warrior looks like and what the weapons used for battle are. For just as I learned to take mockery and ribbing from my friends for wearing spiritual battle gear, the weapons of the spiritual warrior aren't actual swords or breastplates. They are not the stuff in the imagination of my youth. Rather, they are, according to St. Paul, truth, righteousness, the gospel of peace, faith, the word of God, constant and continual prayer and perseverance. In other words, virtuous, loving, and godly living, taking upon you these weapons, chastity, temperance, charity, diligence, patience, kindness, humility. It is these weapons that win the spiritual battle. It is these weapons that defeat the wiles of the devil. Now this morning, we sung as we entered the liturgy a hymn that dates back as early as the 5th century. So it's a pretty old hymn, even by church standards. The words of the entrance hymn are attributed to a fellow named St. Patrick, who is said to have evangelized all of Ireland, driven the snakes from the land. Also, somehow, he is said to have convinced many major cities and is what now is the United States to dye their rivers green once a year and to have everybody proclaim themselves Irish. <laughs> but kidding aside about Patrick, he was a spiritual warrior of the highest degree. He understood very keenly and acutely this idea of spiritual warfare. The third verse of the hymn we sung this morning is his idea of clothing yourself for the spiritual battle. Christ be with me, Christ within me, Christ behind me, Christ before me, Christ beside me, Christ to win me, Christ to comfort and restore me. Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ in quiet, Christ in danger, Christ in hearts of all that love me, Christ in mouth of friend 
and stranger. I bind unto myself today. St. Patrick prayed and strove each and every single day of his life to have Jesus Christ and his virtues permeate every facet of his life, behind, before, above, beneath, within, Christ. And in doing so, Patrick is remembered and hailed as one of the greatest evangelists ever known. Now little boys and girls will always dream of being great and valiant and noble and brave, whether as a beautiful bride, princess, soldier in battle, or servant of others. Men and women now too as well will continue to dress up as warriors in their adult life. Men and women will continue to dress to be dignified ladies and gentlemen. But let us not forget, my brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, that the first and most important thing we should be dressed for every day, all day, is a spiritual battle. The battle for our souls. The battle for the souls of those we love and hold dear. So let us always, everywhere and in all things, put on the full armor of Christ. Put upon us the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. Let us live virtuous lives, surrounded in all things by the presence and protection of Christ. Christ be with me, Christ within me, Christ behind me, Christ before me. Let us pray that we may become valiant and brave and noble warriors for God, wielding truth and righteousness, having within us the gospel of peace, bearing as weapons charity, love, forgiveness, mercy, patience. And let us always and in all things be noble and be vigilant, waging war against the wiles of the devil who seeks nothing short of the destruction of our souls and the souls of those around us. Beloved in the Lord, in the spiritual battle that wages all around us, let us be brave and valiant and noble warriors for Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.